Welcome to Civil Discourse. I'm Jamie Wojciechowski. And I'm Marilyn Brown. And today, uh, we, I have a few different topics I'd like to discuss. Yesterday was the 4th of July, so I hope everyone had uh, uh, a good day. And uh, kind of in that spirit, uh, I have a quote um, that, that I'll read to start. But what I wanted to talk about was kind of the differences between uh, patriotism and nationalism uh, and then also the role if there's a role mindfulness plays in acts of uh, civil disobedience but we can start with uh, the quote let me find it and the quote is by Shepard Ferry and it's I want to be proud of this country but when aspects of our policy don't align with my ethics, I want to protest them and try to change them. Being complicit because it's the home team is nationalism, not patriotism. Well, that's yeah, a, I, that's a pretty uh, succinct quote for that topic. <laughs> I like it. That was a good choice. It's very direct. And it's, it's interesting with, uh, I guess, the fourth, uh, because... I've always kind of had a weird relationship with the 4th of July, uh, just because I think even, even as a kid, it, it always felt a little, uh, I don't want to say weird. It, it just felt, I was never quite sure about it because I felt a lot of the people who were, who I was engaging with and seeing were kind of towing that line, uh, between, patriotism and, and nationalism and when it would kind of move even just a little bit into the the nationalism side of things it it, it just naturally makes me feel a little kind of tense and concerned <laughs> if you will and I, I i think it's yeah yeah i'll just start there yeah i mean i think i think this is such a great topic because the the fourth of july and and patriotism has kind of always been something that's been an interesting topic for me as well. And, and I think, you know, um, growing up in my family, um, questioning the questioning and protesting and, and activism has always been kind of just part of what I knew. And so I never really experienced the type of patriotism that was un, um, critical. Like the patriotism that I've experienced my whole life is critical of America. And that's kind of part of the reason why I think that we've moved forward in a lot of ways. Um, you think about the civil rights movement, for example. I mean, if people weren't actively criticizing what was going on, we wouldn't have made the, the changes wouldn't have been made. And so for me, I've always had a I don't want to just like say it was an automatically mindful perspective of it, but it was always just kind of I love this country and I also recognize that this country has a lot of work to do to move forward and have liberty and justice for all. And I've always been aware of that. And so for me, it's my experience of the fourth has been with that awareness the entire time. And I mean, these were conversations that we would have as a family at on the fourth at barbecues and things like that. And so for me, it's all, it's never been, Criticizing our country has never been anti-patriotic to me. That's actually been what I consider 
really deeply patriotic. Um, and I think now there's this, I'm seeing a lot more of a confusion between nationalism and patriotism and like more kind of performative patriotism where it's, you know, you cloak yourself in the flag and, and, and America's great and all these things, but then get very defensive if anyone points out or wants to talk about the, the issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess for me, patriotism, the difference is that patriotism is, is caring for uh, your, your country and, and your society and, and the, people that are governed by uh, the, the country you're in right and it with caring the, there comes both that celebrating victories but also criticizing when we're moving in a direction i don't agree with right so it is it's exactly what you're saying where then nationalism is this kind of uh, i guess pride in pride Pride and kind of blind loyalty, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. right? And like you I said, similar that, to like a team kind right. of right. And it's it's interesting to me because it's I guess the, the idea of pride, right? And I think there are definitely there's a, a mindful way to to feel pride in one's own accomplishments and and things like that. But I've never, as a person, felt uh, pride for something I I don't. I didn't do right. I, I don't. I don't feel pride in being uh, an American, like having been born here. Right. 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 I, it's, I, it's I chance that you were born here. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. yeah. Which doesn't mean I don't feel pride. You know, as a an American, because I am active in in politics and in, in activism and things like that. Like the things I'm actually doing. I feel pride in, but not necessarily just because I, I I feel like there's a lot of this, I feel pride because I'm supposed to feel pride. And it's kind of going into what you were just talking about. And I think we're seeing that. I think the two major political parties help drive that. Uh, There's the the media helps drive that narrative. Uh, You see it often that, yeah, if you're critical, you're Mm anti-American. And there's, an, and I think that's a, I mean, it's incredibly dangerous because that yeah. v- leads to f- fascist rhetoric and, and behavior. Um, but I think it's it's important for uh, people who uh, experience, experience, I guess, patriotism, patriotism in its true nature to kind of speak up and and express how they experience it because i think in the media right now we kind of do get kind of one uh one viewpoint is more dominant than the other and i was i was the reason i wanted to talk about this was because there was a lot about it coming on my news feeds um of different videos of people kind of having this debate uh and a lot of times i didn't I agreed with what was being said, but it wasn't necessarily presented in a very mindful light, which is why I want to talk about it. But Mm -hmm. uh, I am happy at least that it seemed like it's a conversation people want to have. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I, I definitely noticed a shift in the fact that we're having this conversation at all. Um, I think in the last couple of years, you're seeing that people are actually questioning, like, 
what is patriotism? What is nationalism? What, what are these things that I'm, again, like you said, there's expectations. We're expected to kind of perform in a certain way to show that we are patriotic, but allowing ourselves to kind of question, well, what does that mean? And what, what does it actually mean to care for this country and the people in this country as a whole? And I think that's kind of where I've struggled with patriotism is that I, I'm looking at everyone in this country as a collective. And I think that what we've seen is that a lot of the, the policies and things are not um, collectively supporting everyone. And so, and then the other thing that kind of going back to as a young person, I think part of my discomfort with like, um, I guess, performative patriotism was it just, it, or, or this idea that because I'm, I was born in America that I am, I don't want to use the, I don't want to say that people are saying that we're better than other people, but I feel like there's kind of this, like, like you said, I, I should feel proud just because this is where I was born. And I feel grateful for the opportunities <laughs> that I've had here. I feel grateful for, for, and recognize that, um, my life could be vastly different in a lot of other places. And so I recognize that. And so I'm grateful for it, but I think I, I get uncomfortable um, using the word like pride because I, I don't feel like being American makes me any different than any other person. I really, at the end of the day, am a humanist and I believe in all humans and want everyone to, to have the same opportunities and, and, um, resources. And so for me, it's like, yes, I'm really grateful and happy that I'm here. And I also will do what I need to do to um, speak out where I need to speak out so that we can move towards a place where I can, where the America that we actually live in reflects my view of what it should be. Right. Yeah, I think with, I guess, displays of patriotism uh or performances and things like that uh i guess my issue is often that the intent doesn't seem to be what the intent is claimed to be mm -hmm. uh, because i think i think you know honoring s soldiers who have died or or things that have happened in 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 the past of our history i think is is it very important um but and sometimes i see like someone doing singing the national anthem and there's a a, a prayer or something in honor of of something and i think oh that that's very nice that they did that but then other times when there's you know fighter jets and all all this other stuff i'm sometimes just I feel like there's a different kind of message there, kind mm -hmm. of like the the NFL with adding uh, the displays of patriotism, and then you look into it and you say, "Oh, the government actually high like pays paid for them to do that because they wanted to affect society's image of government, right?" And mm -hmm. then that's clearly kind of a a, a conflict, and there's a, a dissonance there that mm -hmm. that I start to feel, which I think is kind of unfortunate because it taints yeah. the uh it kind of it, it, it taints the what what 
I think regular people are trying to do. Um, and I, and the other thing I want to bring up was, uh, I think you touched on an important point of the difference is, is that for me, patriotism is about how can we collectively continue to make our country and the world better where nationalism is often, uh, very partisan and dualistic in that it's often us versus them. Uh, we're the best country. Everybody else is terrible. Uh, there's people in this country who, uh, if they don't like it, need to leave. Yes. Uh, kind of the, that mm-hmm. mentality. And it's, it's uh, for me, looking at it, I just don't see how that can be perceived as patriotic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I I get it. Like when there's emotion involved and people are angry and stuff, they just kind of want to hear what they want to hear. So they're not analyzing it from a mindful perspective, Mm -hmm. but yeah. But I I do think that like, I, I think you're touching on that point that, that a lot of people feel now that patriotism is kind of being used as like a weapon. It's being I think certain not, I don't think everyone who is patriotic is using it as a weapon, but maybe more of the kind of nationalist, um, nationalistic uh, way. People are using that idea of we love America as a, as a way to, like you said, force other people out, um, tell other people they need to leave. You know, it's it, a lot of videos that I see people are like screaming, you know, I'm American and get the fuck out. Like it's, it's, it, it can be, it's, it's often, it's recently, I feel like it's become kind of a means of, of like a tool for aggression for people. And I don't know exactly what created that or what's changed that, but I do feel like there's kind of a shift in how even just people are communicating their patriotism. And, and how they're, and when they're communicating their patriotism. Cause I think that like, I'm seeing, you know, a lot of times people, if um, someone's protesting, for example, if there's a peaceful protest where people are protesting um, a concern for the immigration policy, for example, and then counter protesters will come and then be, you know, covered in American flags and screaming, like you said, if you don't like it, get out or things like that. And it's like, okay, so that's where I get, very, very uncomfortable with, with nationalism and where it can feel to marginalized populations like threatening, you know? Um, and the other thing I wanted to touch on with that is that, you know, part of what's happened in the last few years for me is that I've become much more aware of the disparity between, um, what we're told of, what the black experience has been in the United States and what's actually been that experience. And so a couple of months or not a couple of months ago, two weeks ago um, was Juneteenth, which is June 19th. And that's something that I've known about since I was little, because again, my, you know, family of activists. And I remember my brother would tell me about it and I just kind of didn't care because I was a kid and I was like, whatever, no one is celebrating this. There's no, you know, no one's talking about it. Like I'm not hearing about this. I leave the house and no one has heard of it. And so it didn't, it wasn't significant to me as a young person, but now as an adult recognizing how important that was that on July 4th, when we were, when America celebrating independence, black people were not free. 
black people were still slaves. And so what does that mean to us when we're we're thinking about that? And 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 so I think for me, I'm much more aware of and trying to educate myself on parts of history that we weren't educated on. That's the other thing is that I think um, celebrating our history and, and accomplishments and things is very important, but it's also important to celebrate a true history and to actually have accurate history. And that's something that we've struggled with for so long and we've st we still don't have. And so for me, I'm using my energy to speak more about the things that people aren't as familiar with, like Juneteenth versus putting more energy into what already is, 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 is saturated as far as the 4th of July. Yeah. Uh, I think going back to uh, what you were saying about uh, feeling the, the shift, I guess, in, in patriotism, uh, I think it's, very much connected to our politics right and because our i mean i just see such a parallel and our politics are so divided and so us versus them at the moment yeah. uh that i think it's super easy to slip into that fascist kind of nationalism because once you start kind of having pride for country that's based in a us versus them mentality that's 100 percent what we're seeing that's the whole well get out you're not a real american uh kind of kind of stuff um so i think that the the lack of mindfulness in our political process is what's also resulting in a lack of mindfulness in how we uh, display patriotism but also feel like how we're supposed to experience patriotism, right? Because I think a lot of it for a lot of people is they they think this is what an American is. This is how if you if you love your country, you don't criticize it. You and you call out people who do, right? Mm -hmm. Or I, I think the people who feel that extreme, I think that's a small percentage. Um, I think it's more well, I'm an American if you think differently than I do, then you're not an American. Mm -hmm. I think that's the mentality. I don't even think it's a conscious mentality for most people who think that way. Um, I think it's just something they're conditioned to kind of feel and think subconsciously uh, based on our politics, based on our media and kind of how things are, how we've been relating um, at, with each other in this country. Uh, but going on, the other thing uh, I think where the mindfulness is starting to happen is because of that uh, activism is starting to become more mindful uh, mm -hmm. because it kind of has to. I think things are yeah. getting more extreme. So people are realizing if we don't actually have a, a real plan and, and try to understand these uh, issues and the complexities of them, mm -hmm. we are going to just keep faltering um yeah. and i think that's it reflect i think that's where that re reflection on uh the fourth and and the, uh, the the fact that for generations black people were not free on the fourth and i feel like this is the first year and i think it's because obama uh i don't know what year uh, it became a national holiday do you remember that obama did it 
Mm-mm. I don't remember what year. Um, no. It was, I mean, it was during Obama's presidency, but still, yeah. this is the first year I feel like my news feed was full of that kind of conversation this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's a, really a result of activism yeah. being more mindful. Uh, because I think what happens is when you actively want to, when you're, when you're an activist fighting against, against something and you're truly trying to understand the issues uh Mm -hmm. it's not just you against what you're trying to change you also learn so much more and your kind of worldviews broadened Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you see these new kind of things coming in because there's new perspectives that are that are presented right right and it's so much more nuanced when we actually dig into it. And I think that's what's so important about the fact that there are more conversations and people are talking about it more. Um, you know, one thing that, that I also see, and I, you know, I think there's, there's extremes on, on both sides, right? So there's the extreme kind of nationalism display of, of patriotism versus an extreme, like, if you're an activist, if you care about marginalized, marginalized populations, then you should not engage in any patriot patriotic fourth of july activities or or things like that and kind of that's the other extreme side of it and like i i get that and i think that for people that's totally a personal choice um you know i know i didn't do anything special on the fourth of july because i had other things to do um but i think that you know that kind of extreme is also not really mindful i think that we can still participate in the rituals that we participated in with our families and with our friends throughout our life, but do it in a mindful way where we're able to actually talk about what's going on. I mean, I think you think about 4th of July gatherings, this is an opportunity in the middle of the summer, in the middle of the week where you get together with family and friends that you probably maybe haven't seen since like the last, you know, kind of big holiday season. And you can talk about things and you can talk about how you're feeling with things. And that's one of the things that we are constantly promoting to get to a mindful place is being able to have these conversations and talk about things and, and talk about our different views. And so I actually think that, you know, I, again, I think there, there's, there's, there's a very wide spectrum of what you can do with this, but I do think that there's a space to be able to move things forward and be mindful about it and also still participate. Right. And I think that's, uh, very important is just that dialogue i think for me growing up uh a big part of the problem was we always celebrated the fourth of july but for my family it was it wasn't a huge deal we would have cook out and go see fireworks and stuff but there was never any my, my family is an overly patriotic where everyone wasn't dressing up in red white and blue and and singing the national anthem um <laughs> But they were also had pride in the country, but it was never discussed, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I never really, because of that, I never really understood it as a kid. So I was just observing mm. the way p- other people behaved, um, which then I was seeing a lot of kind of disconnect or things that didn't make sense. Um, where I think if, yeah, if we just brought the mindfulness in and, and started kind of really talk taking them i mean it doesn't have to be the whole day but just right. taking a moment with the people you're with to kind of 
get to know them better and, and get their feelings on the, the holiday and, and mm-hmm. how they experience patriotism, I think. Yeah. We'd be much closer with one another and just kind of better off as as a people. True, true. It's funny because you, you, you talk about that. And I think like growing up, Fourth of July was just a tiny bit different from like in my mind from like Memorial Day and Labor Day. Like I feel like kind of all the summer holidays meant the same thing. And I didn't until I was an adult understand the difference between Memorial Day and Labor Day. And really like Fourth of July just kind of felt like one of the other summer holidays, but with fireworks. Um, And I think about that and I think that is just kind of something we don't oftentimes actually talk about why we're doing what we're doing. (laughs) You know, it's like, why do we have this day off? Why are we getting together? And so I do, I think that that's important in kind of talking about just, just having deeper conversations about, about the ritual, about the, about the holiday um, and why we're observing it in the first place could really make a big difference in how people are mindfully um, experiencing it. And I wanted to ask you, cause I know that you had brought up that there, that you feel like you're seeing more mindful activism and I wanted to ask you kind of, do you have many examples of like something that you've noticed where you felt like? Um, I, I don't know if, if it's actually the, the activism, activism itself. I think it's <clears throat> the, the product of people being more engaged and in, in wanting to understand things more like the yeah. Juneteenth thing. I think uh, it was just everywhere this year and i noticed it first because i was setting my calendar in may i was setting it for june and it was in my calendar as a holiday so then i was like and i i knew what it was but not the full history and i was like that's interesting why would google put this as a national holiday so then i looked it up and then saw that I don't remember the year, but in whatever year of Obama's presidency, he made it a national holiday. So that why it was there. And then didn't really think about it after that. And then all of a sudden, a week later, my news feed was just all about it. And in a mindful way, it was all about sharing what it meant and why it was important and and, and stuff like that. There was no... I, I think because it, there was no reaction to it yet because it was kind of people kind of learning for the first time that there was no I didn't see any kind of unmindful response to anything it just seemed very mindful Mm -hmm. Um, but I think things like that are a product of uh, activism and and mindful civil disobedience and and kind of creating that shift and creating a, a, a more meaningful dialogue about the the issues we're, we're facing and how people are, are feeling in, in the country. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So moving on to civil disobedience, mm-hmm. um, this is also a, a difficult topic for me because I just have a lot of conflicting feelings uh, about it. And I guess my question is, and it has always been, can i i think it, i mean i know it i know it can but how do you practice civil disobedience in a mindful way right and i think i think an important distinction to make right off the bat is that activism and civil disobedience are not the the, the same. same thing um, right. you can 
protest and 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 be an activist without being practicing civil disobedience mm-hmm. um but i think history clearly shows that civil disobedience is is a successful tactic in yeah. in many situations um but i also feel like a lot of times it is not mindful um but also does does it need to be mm. right man there's a lot of questions <laughs> trying to figure out which one i think i think that um i think civil disobedience i like that you point out that there's a distinction between activism and civil disobedience um and I do think that from what we've seen historically, I mean, the things that I can, you know, the events that I can think of that moved the needle forward as far as gaining rights for different groups and things were those those acts of civil disobedience that we that we ended up hearing about from the bus boycott to, um, you know, the Freedom Riders, things like that. And so it it is something that has been shown to be effective. And I think, I, I do think that there's a way to do it mindfully. I don't know how to, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know how to decide whether it's mindful or not from viewing from afar. So for example, yesterday, um, there was an act of civil disobedience at the Statue of Liberty that was trending, that became really popular. A um, immigrant from the de- Democratic Republic of Congo woman climbed, I guess they were protesting um, the Trump immigration policy and asking that all the children be restored to their families. And so she, there was a group protesting at the bottom of the Statue of Liberty. And then she climbed the Statue of Liberty and was up there for like four hours, um, calmly sitting and, um, and then she was arrested and I guess she had her, she was in court this morning. I don't know what happened, but I view that as an example of mindful civil disobedience. Yes, she was being civil disobedient. Clearly you're not supposed to be climbing the Statue of Liberty. And there was a lot of attention around it, but that's oftentimes what creates the awareness. And, 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 you know, you, you, I think we do have to do something that, disrupts the status quo or the system or whatever kind of people are trying to do that day in order to create a space where there is now more awareness where people are people had to leave they had to evacuate the statue of liberty on the 4th of july which i think is a significant um kind of statement for what she was trying to do and what those protesters were trying to do and so I feel like that, you know, you, you see things like that and and I found that to be mindful in that it's civil dis, civilly disobedient, but she wasn't, um, you know, it was mindful in that, like, I didn't see any, her putting other people in, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't, I didn't see something that I thought, well, this is really, like, I would be worried about someone doing this kind of civil disobedience because a ton of other people could get hurt or something like that. I didn't see any of those things. And so I felt like awesome, you know, similar to like when the woman, I can't remember her name right now, but she climbed um, and took the Confederate flag down right. years ago. Brie, um, I can't think of her last name. So, so those types of things, I think that those, I feel like that's a pretty mindful um, 
example of civil disobedience. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, we haven't talked about this in uh, since the, the early, early episodes of mm-hmm. civil discourse, but the misconceptions of what mindfulness is. And uh, I think it there's I, there's the misconception that it's about being calm and, and kind of being at peace. Um, and there's mm-hmm. a famous Zen quote that I'm going to butcher. I'm not even going to try to quote it word for word, but it talks about uh, Zen not being about being calm. It's about being uh, forever prepared. And there's a part in the quote, there's a there's a part about when thunder peels, you peel too, type thing. And I think, I mean, you, you see it in, in the history of kind of Buddhist practice of, of Buddhist monks kind of peacefully protesting and, and being disobedient um, through meditation. Um, and I think that the issue for me in, in discussing this and where I kind of don't know how to talk about it is uh, probably an ego thing of wanting mindfulness to always be uh, the right thing to do, right? But you can, mindfulness is the the, the lens in which you act right it's not necessarily the act like you can murder someone in a mindful way what what you're doing is not is not correct you can use you can do anything in a mindful way yeah right so i think if we're gonna for me to kind of look at civil disobedience i kind of have to separate that right and and wrong Mm -hmm. element from Uh mindfulness which it rightfully should be um, in analyzing mindfulness, but there's also part of my ego that doesn't want to allow myself to do that totally. uh, because I want, I instinctually want, well, mindfulness to be that, that the solution to everything. Right. right. Um, but unchecked. And I, I think it's, it's, an, it's also impossible for us to be fully mindful about something. Like, right, we're not going to have a full understanding. Like, we just do, we try to be as mindful as we can with the limited resources we have as humans. Um, So, for me, a lot of it is intention, right? Like, even if, if, if the intention and there was a, and of the woman who climbed the, the statue, right? If the intention was to help others with with as, gaining as much understanding as she could and then she acted that way that to me is mindful even if there would have been unforeseen negative consequences yeah i see what you're saying right? yeah totally. and and it's it's also the ego thing predict the consequences necessarily of something and that doesn't negate the mindfulness of the action if there's consequences right yeah. and it's also i think the the ego also gets into it in that me trying to be mindful, I put it on the other, I try to reverse it, right? So I was saying, oh, if it was someone who was uh, protesting because Trump reversed it and they wanted the children mm-hmm. to be separated mm-hmm. and they did the same action, would I consider that mindful? Right? And and I guess my my ego tells me, 
well, I disagree with their stance, so I want to say it's not mindful, even though my understanding of mindfulness tells me it's still mindful whether I agree with it or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, well, and also, how do we really know if it's mindful? Like, how do we know? Because I'm trying to, like, how do I decide if it's mindful what she's doing if I don't know her reasons for doing it, her mindfulness at the time? Like, it could seem to me extremely mindful as I'm watching it. And then we come, you know, we find out later. I mean, we didn't find this out later, but if we were to find out later, it was completely random thing and there was no you know there was no like plan you know she didn't think any of it through and she just kind of got bored and decided to climb up there for no reason you know what I mean but it's like Mm -hmm. a lot of times we're deciding the mindfulness of something based on our own lens and what we're viewing but we we can't really actually make that determination about someone else's action right and I think that's a test on if you're (laughs) If you're using your mindfulness to judge their mindfulness, right? Because <laughs> I'm like, that was my first thing with it as, as you were telling yeah. me about it. And I saw all of it about yesterday. The first thing is all, there's all these questions about like, was this planned? Was this whatever? But I think those questions are what make my response to it mindful and what a lot of people don't do. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and I think it's, it's easier. I would easily, more easily do that to someone like her who I agree with politically than right. someone who was doing the same kind of protest, protesting something I didn't. But that's part of, I think, the the, the challenge of mindfulness. And I try to do it with both. One's just easier than the other. Right. Um, but I think that's, I, I think that highlights the problem is a l- lot of people would say, well, I disagree with her. So what she did was wrong. And they don't ask any of those those questions of like, well, why why was she there? Who is this person? Um, what what caused her to act in this way? Right. Uh, I think one we've talked about this so many times. One, it leads to just a better understanding, and two, it it engages our ability to empathize, so that the understanding is even greater than just an intellectual one. Right. So what you're saying is that we have to keep being more mindful ourselves and being more curious about what we're taking in and what we're seeing. And that's kind of how we figure out, or that's how we practice mindfulness is by just continuing to like be curious about what we're seeing and what we're responding to and our own responses to those things. I think that's that important piece too. Cause I like that you pointed out that ego, that ego's push to validate what we like, what would agree, you know, what's, what's on par with our beliefs and reject what's not. And so kind of having to do that extra work of asking yourself, well, how would I feel about this? If it was a different, if the person yeah. had different views than me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another important part of it is also, Realizing that mindfulness is a journey and a never-growing practice and that uh, we still have to live in the moment, right? right. So with acts of, of civil disobedience, if we're just going to – at some point, you have to act, right? You can't just try to be mindful in the sense of, well, I'm going to sit here and just try to 
forever gather information about what it is. So I never have to engage my ego and and act. Um, I, I think part of the journey is saying, this is where I'm at with my mindfulness. I need to make a decision. I need to act doing the action and then going back and, and reflecting on was there things I missed? Was there not? What have I learned? I think all those things mm-hmm. uh, are part of, of the journey. So I guess for me, if for civil disobedience, it depends on right. The lens of which the, the person who is acting is, Mm-hmm. is approaching it if right. they are reflecting on it mindfully during the process then that technically is a mindful act of civil disobedience where someone can literally be doing the same exact action with that person and mm-hmm. not being mindful right totally <sighs> my head hurts now <laughs> <laughs> yeah this was a lot but it's it was it was really appropriate for the time and i feel like again where i've been seeing a lot of things on my news feed around the subject so it was good to try and 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 parse it out in a mindful way yeah i think we've talked about this too the last thing i'll say is just uh a big part of mindfulness is the self-care element and kind of uh analyzing I don't want to say what makes you feel comfortable because a lot of mindfulness is feeling very uncomfortable, but I guess where your balance and an alignment is. um, And I'll give an example just in, uh, there was a time when maybe about four or five years ago where I was very active in protest Mm -hmm. um, and all civil protest. um, But um, and nonviolent protest, but I was getting to the, the point where a lot of it made me personally feel unmindful. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just aspects of it that, that make me feel unmindful, right? There's a lot of the chants and not really knowing, um, specifically what you're chanting or, well, I agree with this chant, but not this chant, but everybody else is yelling and I'm here and they're all looking at me. So I kind of have to yell it, even though it's not in alignment with who I am. And and there's a lot of things um, that started to kind of bother me about, or I don't want to say bothered me, started to make me feel like I wasn't being productive. Right. Like it wasn't in alignment. Right. And I, and I wasn't able to effectively help. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. anything grow or anything change because yeah. I was out of alignment doing it. Um, and once I realized that I was able to find other ways for, to, to create change that were more in line with who I was. And that's not saying I, I'm a huge supporter of, of peaceful protest, um, every day of the week, uh, it's just not, and I still go to ones that I feel very in line with that I think are important for me to be at. Right. Um, but it's not for me. It's not my the way I want to create change. I guess, mm-hmm. and and that's okay. I, I think yeah. I think that's for I think everyone needs to find yeah. the way they 
best can help create change because we need people doing many different things. We need people protesting. We need people documenting the protest. We need people um, sharing what's happening. We need people who are organizing and and in in meetings while the protests are happening. Like we, it's all all these things are connected and we need people doing all of it to be successful. So there is really room, I think for everyone to be doing the thing that they're aligned with. And I think if everyone was doing, if everyone was, their activism was something that was in alignment with who they were and and their mindfulness, I think we'd be seeing actually a lot more change occurring um mm-hmm. i feel like that's no longer relevant to what we were talking about but i don't know why no, I, no, I think it's i think compelled. it's relevant because i do think that you know that i think you're right i think that like when people can find what's in alignment for them and what resonates with them because i do think we're at a place where people are feeling very helpless um and that's something i posted about this morning i i I hear this, this comes up a lot in my sessions with my therapy clients. A lot of people are just feeling very, very helpless and like, what do I do? How do I help? And I know that um, people are also feeling pressure to do things that maybe aren't in alignment with, with them. Like you were saying, like going and maybe being on the ground and protesting or engaging in acts of civil disobedience, if that's not something that's in alignment with them. And I think that you're right, that when we can do that internal work and figure out what actually does work for you or try different things and and be curious about how you're feeling and be aware during and listen to the signals that your body's sending and things like that. When, when you're doing it, you can be willing to craft an activism practice that works for you and that fits for you because we all have different gifts and things that we're bringing to the table. And I think that you're right when people are more in alignment and aware of what they, what, where their strong, their strong, their strengths are what they can bring to the table. Then we, we really can create a lot of change in a short period of time. I think that, and I kind of feel like I see that happening. I think that people are getting activated in their own gifts and in their own kind of strengths and finding those areas of where they feel like they really um, can create some change. And I think that really, I mean, I know that that helps me a lot with the feelings of, of helplessness, of being frustrated with things that we're seeing in the world. Um, and it, it's empowering. And so I think that that's kind of a way to cycle back around to the idea of patriotism and a way to be patriotic and a way to to try to affect change in a way that works for you and that's in alignment with your path. Right. Yeah, and again, all these things are are moving experiences, right? There, are, none of this is, is stationary. Patriot, how we experience patriotism is not a stationary destination. Uh, how we are in alignment with ourselves is not a, a stationary. It 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 requires intense mindfulness to constantly be like, well, I'm not aligned now because mm-hmm. I'm at this place. What right. You don't. You just don't go. Well, I'm going to go back to alignment. You have to figure out. Well, how can I get to this place? And sometimes you need. Oh, I need to go out of my comfort zone to mm-hmm. realize. Oh, this is where my alignment is. Right. Oh, I'm not fully comfortable with that. I'm only comfortable taking three steps at this moment. And as you get more comfortable, as you get more life experience, as you become more mindful, that that kind of needle 
moves of what what is comfortable and what it is. There was a time where I felt very aligned at, mm-hmm. in protests and and was front of the line charging everything. It was just who who I was, and as I mm-hmm. as my mindfulness journey grew, I had just shifted in in how I was seeing things and and how I wanted to use my energy. Yeah. Homework. Homework. I I want to find out from people. Do you believe in civil disobedience? Do you think that that's something that's effective? Cool. And you can do that uh, on any of our social media, but uh, we are trying to create a community on Facebook. We have a Facebook group, uh, Mindfulness in Action, uh, Civil Discourse. Uh, and it's just uh, a great resource to share kind of where you are in your mindfulness journey, any questions you have. Um, we share a lot of different uh, articles and things that are interesting to us um, through a, a mindfulness lens. So, yeah. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Have a good one.